<clears throat> Welcome to the TB Toy Cast, where Travis and Brian talk all things toys from the past, the present, and the future. Ugh, that's all we need, another podcast where a bunch of nerds talk about toys. Enjoy the show! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time once again for the TV Toycast. My name is Brian, and joining me as always on this adventure down the toy aisle is my good friend Travis. Travis, it's episode 49. I still hope you're ready to talk some toys. Um, 49, yes. Yes, I, I am still ready to talk some toys. We are rapidly approaching a year of this show, which is kind of... It's crazy to think, right? Because it feels like it hasn't been that long. Because I remember like doing episode three and four and just thinking like, oh, yeah, this is fun. But, I mean, now we're almost to 50 episodes. That's quite a milestone, is it not? I I think so. Like, we're, we're, we're getting there. And 49 straight weeks, too. Like, it's, you know, when you listen to podcasts, it's easy to listen to a podcast 49 straight weeks, mm-hmm. but to, you know, set aside the time and oh, yeah. get it done and, you know, it's, it's a chore, and, but it, it's a labor of love, not a chore. I guess right. That's the best way to put it. It is work, but it's, it's like fun. And I think it's a, it's a good escape from our reality. Like I've, uh, I've often said this, um, cause I've obviously done podcasts uh, for years now, but. If this was my job, I probably wouldn't have the same passion for it. Right. Like I would still enjoy it, I think. But if it's I think if it's your job, like if your job was like let's say like, you know, you you left your current career and you got offered some type of podcasting contract or like, hey, we love TV Toycast. We want you to do that and five other podcasts five days a week or six days a week, whatever it is. Like ideally in your head you might think, "Oh, that's a great idea, but now that's a that it's now it's work." And even though, like, you're thinking, oh, I'm only podcasting for an hour, there's still, like, research and stuff that goes into it. So, yeah. And getting all this stuff, I don't know. So, I think having this is kind of like, I've always described it as kind of like Fight Club. Like, all these guys work a regular job, and then on Saturday night, they go and they fight. And that seems weird, I'm sure, but it's something that I think you need to, like, recharge your batteries and regroup for the week. And,. I'm glad we have this. I'm glad people enjoy us talking all these old toys. I think uh, for the most part over this last year, we've really done a good job of highlighting stuff people remember vividly, but also maybe throwing some light on stuff that kind of slides under the radar as well. Yeah. Oh, and that's been the fun part is, you know, hearing from, uh, hearing from our friends, our listeners, you know, that, you know, this is cool. You know, what about this or, you know, yeah, and everybody's been cool about it. We haven't really been thrown under the bus, or you haven't been thrown under the bus. I, uh, I get thrown under the bus on a weekly basis. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, everybody <laughs> is very polite. And hey, you know, it was this. It was this. And it's been awesome for the the listenership to uh, you know step up where we have. Uh, we obviously have blind spots, sure. but we also have, um, we call them old man spots because there's times where we record in the wee hours of the morning where we probably shouldn't, but that's when 
can get recorded. So yeah. there are some times that we just forget. So uh, we appreciate that. Well, I don't. I've never claimed us to be you know experts. We are simply fans of action figures. We're not in the action figure business. We're not really in the podcasting business. We're just two people that have enough equipment to make this passable. And that's all it is. So I, I've always looked at this as just, Hey, we're two guys that like toys. So if you are someone who also likes toys, maybe you'll enjoy this. If not, eh, maybe not, but that's what it's about. Um, so I'm glad that people do enjoy it. Um, this week is episode 49. Like I said, we're doing a deep dive on DC superpowers series two. This is obviously a, a more of a bright spot for you than me, just because of a little bit of an age gap we have. Uh, I know you were super into the superpowers when we discussed them the first time, so I'm sure you're excited for uh, Series 2. Yes, and the funny thing about Series 2 is a lot of these were a lot harder to find than Series 1. Really? Uh, and Yeah, and we'll, we'll get into that in the main event, um, because Series 1 was just so overproduced with your your main eventers that we talked about how it was almost the near perfect toy line uh that they went deep cuts on series two really quick so uh still fun and i can't wait to uh talk about that a little bit in our main event that'll be coming up in our main event of course we're going to discuss what has us excited and what we're finding on the pegs but before we do that it's time for an icebreaker, and I was kind of racking my brain for a few minutes trying to think of something that's thought-provoking. And that is obviously, as you know, getting harder when you're hitting almost 50 weeks. And we haven't done this. We didn't do this initially. It was just something we kind of added on to throw a little bit of conversation in the beginning. And so I was thinking about it, and obviously we're both fans of the show Dark Side of the Ring. And they've done three seasons. They've been super fun. They've highlighted... You know, different um, you know characters in pro wrestling. Some that are known, some some that are not known really at all. And uh, I had heard a rumor a while back that there was talk of doing a dark side of the ring action figure line. And, and you think about it, it's like, wow, that would be that would be really cool because like it would be like, you know, maybe like Luna Vachon or um, Bruiser Brody, Gino Hernandez. All these, all these interesting characters, but then it kind of makes you wonder, like, who they could do, who they couldn't do, as far as legal rights and all that is concerned, and what company would do it, what scale would the figures be. Here's my question: A lot of those characters that I mentioned are starting to show up in other toy lines, but some of them haven't. Who is somebody from Dark Side of the Ring you would like to see get the action figure treatment? I totally went the garbage pail kids down the wrong toy aisle when you brought up this. And like, so like my first thought was crack smoking Melanie Pillman. (laughs) Good Lord, man. Or Dino Bravo with a living room playset, Like, I completely just went down the at the dark side of the toy aisle <laughs> with, with that. Whew. But, yeah, you get Dino Bravo with uh, recliner living room at playset or, you know, crack smoking Melanie Pillman or I, I'm just kidding. Like, we all know the dark side of the ring. That's horrible. 
I think but, uh, people are already tweeting you now. So congratulations. I mean, who doesn't want Dino Bravo with a, in a living room? Like you got got your hockey game playing, right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, anyway, I mean, obviously, I think the thought is they're just highlighting character. Like Dino's not. When's the last time people heard his name, really? Besides right. like, that incident, so but you know he's in Zombies, Heels and Faces. So is Bruiser Brody, uh, um, yes. and then like Luna's in uh, Chella's, you know, toy line now, and so Onita is as well. So I feel like they're kind of doing that, but just not like branded Dark Side of the Ring, if that makes sense. But there's some that they yeah. haven't like dove into. So what do you think? Um, let's see. Well, I mean, we're gonna be getting. My first thought was going to be Road Warriors Legion of Doom. Yep. Uh, but we are getting those from from Zombie. Right. And Chella, because we're getting – well, no, not Chella. Um, who's doing the Popies? Junk Shop. Junk Shop, yes. Um, and then my next was going to be Andre, but he's getting a uh, a, a Zombie. Uh, and a Chella. And a cella. Um, also, Macho Man's getting a cella BCA. That's not something I expected. Right? Very crazy. Um, hot take, and I'll you know I'll I we've talked about it briefly uh, off offline or off air. Um, I really think they should do a Pegasus Kid or a Chris Benoit and uh, the proceeds go to his uh, living son or the proceeds go towards um, uh, the post-concussion syndrome, PCS, yeah, things like that to try, try to we can't undo what he did. Sure. Horrible, horrible thing, horrible human being. Uh, you know, you can't, you can't pardon what he did in any way, shape or form. But I think that, um, you know, kind of like the Owen Hart foundation, and boy, I'm going to probably get heat for that too, comparing Chris Benoit to Owen Hart. But, if you could donate the profits towards uh, concussion protocol or uh, the the mental health side or even a son, I think it would be good. Um, but let's do, you know, like I said, Pegasus Kid under a mask yeah. or a, a wild Pegasus, an early version, not a crippler or a... Uh, you know, a later version that we got through Jax. See, my thought was actually different. I thought it would be cool to see like a Dr. D, David Schultz. He's never had a figure. Um, Yeah, that's true. With slapping action. Yeah, Gino Hernandez would be fun. I'm still waiting for a Mortis, you know. So, and also too, like if they were able to do Mortis and Chris Canyon, I think that would be super fun. Um I, mean, I don't know. So I'm like, there's that's the hard thing about that question, which I didn't really think about ahead of time. Um, like, I don't want to. I don't. I, I, I don't want Grizzly Smith, the... you know, because knowing what right. he did, I don't want that, you know. And so, 
it's it is kind of like Dynamite Kid obviously did some bad things, but he's getting a figure. But I don't. But it's also going to his family, so it doesn't bother me. Um, which is kind of I think the the analogy you were making with with the Chris Benoit thing. So it's kind of a, a tough situation. I still think well, New Jack's getting stuff with Figures Toy Company, but I would like to see him get a a zombie sailor figure, you know, like the Hasbro style. I think that would be fun. So there's a lot that they could do, um, you know, to highlight some of these, some of these characters that we, that really haven't got, you know, Bart Gunn. He's another one. He was a big highlight for the brawl for all oh, episode. That would be cool. Like a, a brawl for all Bart Gunn. Absolutely. I think that would be awesome. And I'll be honest, like, uh, he wasn't on there, but Bob Holly, like why I would like to see them as their, as their midnight express duo, as weird as that might seem. I think that would be fun. So. I'm all about weird was, stuff like that. Yeah, I, I need a, a Sparky plug as well. Well, I've got a I've got a head coming, so I think that might be uh, next on the agenda. But uh, bum, anyway, bum, to kind of to kind of switch gears to uh, to what has us excited here, um, we've actually had quite a bit of news, and uh, I think the most pro- you know popular news, a lot of He-Man announcements these last uh, couple of days. So obviously with, with Masters of the Universe, it had a huge resurgence in like 2020 and 2021, um, the new Origins figures, and then that was followed with the Masterverse figures, which are kind of initially highlighting, you know, Masters of the Universe revelation. So we're seeing like the, you know, the classic five and a half inch, and now these new seven inch, uh, lots of He-Man is happening. Um, what did you think of the new reveals? Just all in all, there was a lot of stuff out there. Um, some were really good. Uh, most were really good, to be quite honest with you. A couple missed the mark, but that, that's kind of how the revelations uh, goes. Uh, like, some are really good, and some years like, eh. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked, uh, you know, I... I know you talked about Sunman. I liked the modernization of that. I felt that was really, really cool. While not really a fan of that figure or the line, just because I don't... That's just a blind spot for me. Like, I know what it is, and I've done the research, but it's just like, eh, okay. Like, I don't necessarily... You know, just because I don't know about it, I, I, I don't need to collect it. But I liked... The, the modernization of it and yeah. taking the corniness and making it uh, of a of a knockoff toy into a legitimate like toy uh, that was really cool. Um, the battle armor He Man was really cool looking. Mm-hmm. The long hair kind of wonky, kind of goofy but kind of worked all in the same breath. Like, uh, interesting. The classic Tila, I didn't like. Yeah. Um, but that's Tila. The classic Beast Man. This was one that we talked about that I had hoped that they were doing. Uh, you know, awesome, awesome, awesome. And uh, the one that I am most excited for, and I, I know I'm going to be getting them, is the 40th anniversary uh, where they took the He-Man body, 
put him with the classic power sword, classic shield, the axe, and the a, a remade um, He-Man or like classic uh, He-Man head on on the new Buck or body. Buck is body. I, I hope everybody knows that. But if you don't, when I say Buck, like that's the the body uh, without the head. So. No, I, I agree. And I think what was interesting about that is it's almost like, well, if I knew you were making that, I wouldn't have bought the original He-Man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Yes. Because it looks so much better. Like, it, it, like they literally took a classic toy and they modernized it while keeping the integrity of why we liked it to begin with. Right. And to me, this is why Masters of the Universe Classics was so popular. Yes. And why there are two, three, four hundred dollar figures at this point. Because they modernized it and then they made the classic heads and the two thousand X heads. Um so one hundred percent if they went this route. I mean I obviously I'm on board. We've we've gushed about this line since it came out. Yeah. But I feel like if the line, if they, if they did this one classic release, every line, kind of like how Mattel does a chase or a legend, it, like they sprinkle it in, I think that would be great. Now, obviously, we wouldn't get everybody we wanted, but with He-Man coming out, you gotta think we're going to be getting a Skeletor. It seems it seems only appropriate, right? has to. I mean, doesn't mean we will, but yeah. I think it'll be a big miss if they don't. Overall, all these figures really look cool, and I feel like with Origins, you know, the thing that really spoke to me about that, obviously, was the classic cards. They looked similar, and they took the original bodies, and they added articulation, more or less, but they kind of kept the integrity of how they looked. Um. But they were also very customizable, which was fun. But overall, I thought they were great. Now, and I mentioned this in previous podcasts, but when I saw the original Masterverse, I was like, well, I don't really need this because I have the Origins line. But when the Masterverse started showing more, I was like, okay, I want those. And I yep. kind of dove into that and kind of pushed Origins to the side. And I feel like a lot of people are doing that because I see more Origins setting on the pegs nowadays. But... um my, my point being is the, the Masterverse line has been absolutely incredible. And uh, and with these new – like even like Sun Man, like that's one that I, I think is so interesting because I knew nothing about it. You basically told me it's like, well, it's like a bootleg He-Man. Like, so they took a bootleg property and made it canon. I think that's incredibly yes. smart of them to do that. Yeah, I mean it's, it's a big flex on Mattel. Well, you made a bootleg. Like on us, guess what? We bought the rights to the bootleg. Now it's ours. Like that's a Vince McMahon is oh, yeah. essentially like big flex by Mattel. I remember this is what this reminds me of, and I may have said this before, but remember that movie Euro Trip that came out in like the early two thousands? I love Euro Trip and Road Trip. Yeah, love so them. Very, very funny. Well Euro Trip we actually I me and my friends saw in theaters. But um I remember when the DVD came out, they did something that I thought was so funny. 
um, I guess in LA there was, there's a lot of bootleg DVD people. I mean, there were, cause that was a big business at that time, right? You record the movie in the theater and then you sell, yeah. the, sell the bootleg. I've never been a fan of that. Cause I'm like, I, I kind of want to enjoy the movie. I don't want to like, you know what I mean? Watch through someone's video camera. That just sounds horrible to me, but what you they mean, did. You want to go to the movie theater and enjoy a movie in the movie theater? I do. I enjoy that. Hmm. Anyway, I, yeah. um, in that crazy, yeah, in that DVD, <laughs> they included the bootleg that the guy was selling on the street. So you could watch the bootleg DVD on the official DVD. I was like, that is hilarious to me. I remember that now. I forgot. I completely forgot that they did that, but I, I do remember them watching the the bootleg on there. That's awesome. I just thought that was so funny because it's like. Obviously, you're not going to watch the bootleg. The whole, and you know, I've I've been in that situation where someone's like, "Hey, you can go to this website, you can watch it for free," and I'm like, mm, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I would rather, and I, I'm not like like I'm noble and I stand up against piracy because it is what it is. I mean, I think that's such a weird thing to. I mean, obviously, actors are not underpaid, right? So, right. I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. It's but. about it's 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 about the experience. And it is how you want how you want to experience it, and if that's in the theater, if that's at home. I right. know we joked about it. You know, shout out to Big Underscore Bay. Right. <laughs> uh, but you know, but some people don't care about the experience, and it's you know I I don't care to you know I I don't want to watch one of these Marvel epic movies. Uh, in IMAX or this or that, how it was made, I'm okay with watching a grainy bootleg movie where somebody sneezes and then ha- right. gets up to go watch popcorn. Like it's, you know, it's a preference, and everybody has their preference. Some of you are wrong, and some of you are stupid. Yeah, I called you stupid, number forty, listener forty-six, right now. Go watch a movie. I'm just kidding. You're just wanting to piss off everybody today. Congratulations. Just listener 46. <laughs> well, I, I mean, here's the thing. The last movie I saw in theaters, I went and watched The Batman, okay, that came out about you know, earlier this month, I guess. And, you know, it was it was, it was was a fun experience. You know, it's it was a great movie. I enjoyed it. But, like, and I was, like, in, like, the like, – it's, like, stadium seating nowadays, so it's, like, you're up elevated. It's It's really fun. Two rows beneath me, a dude kept popping out his cell phone. And I understand we live in a day and time where you can't be connected, right? It's right. No one no one turns off their phones. You know, like who does that anymore? And so but it was just that when that light came on and he wasn't even trying to like put it down to like be shield sneaky about it. It's it's one of those weird things where it's not like I I've done it too, where my phone goes off. And I look at it, and if it's not important, I don't worry about it. If it is important, I will step out of the theater, right, to, to go address it. If that were the case, I, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of this too, and I know we're getting way off topic, but that's kind of the fun of this, I guess. There's a a TikTok that I always enjoy called the Cart Narc. I don't know if you've seen him. Mm-mm. Basically, what he does is he films people and puts them on blast that don't put up their cart at Walmart. Or like other places oh, with shopping carts, and like they get very angry and yell at him, and like 
you're you're harassing me. You're you know you're doing this or doing that. And it's, he's like, well, just go put up your cart. No. <laughs> and he's like, no, you're wasting my time. He's like, no, you're wasting the time of other people by not. That's what they get paid for. He's like, they don't get paid to put up your stuff. Like, and it's just like he's. That's kind of the the funny of the TikTok, but it's like it's like really like how long does it take to put up your shopping cart? Ten seconds, maybe. If like it, that, it's not that impossible. And I understand a lot of people just don't do it because they're lazy. But it's just, yeah, just go put up your cart. It's not a big deal. But it's it's just so funny how people get angry, not because they don't want to put up their cart. I think because they're getting called out for it. You know, so shout out to Caitlin Ventil, the number one. Uh, person to ask you to put your carts in the cart corral from uh, Tales, Tales from the Estate. She, she asks that a handful of times. So we, it, we me, are just, also... I, I'm big on courtesy, right? I mean, I've never... I, I've never, like, you know, yelled at someone because they didn't put it up, but I've always just been... That's, I guess, how I live my life. Like, if I see someone walking behind me at the convenience store, I will hold the door for them. Yeah, it's just courtesy, right? Like if if uh... all, all joking aside, I know that I I say some things on here that catch heat, and you know I will play to it and all that. But I really do try to live my life around the golden rule and mm-hmm. treat people how you want to be treated. Very similar to to how you are. Like right, I, if I can't give you the shirt off my back, I will try to do what I can to help you in any way, shape, or form because. I believe in treating people how you want to be treated and there, you know, believe it or not, there is karma out there and yeah. it will come back and bite you. No, I, I agree with that. I think there's definitely karma and I'm sure that we all kind of skate on it at t- from time to time. But at the end of the day, I, I feel like, you know, you just, it's not that hard to not be a jerk most of the time. And like I and I that cart narc stuff I think some of that's probably staged but still it's people do leave carts out all the time and again it's never been that difficult to just go put up your cart I don't think so I don't know it is what it is I guess but uh, to get back on track with what we're excited uh anything else you want to discuss as far as uh, masters of the universe and everything they got going there um real quick on the origin side I think it's interesting that they're finally throwing in a couple of the 2000X, the cartoon network oh, yeah. figures. Um, while not great and very kind of lazily, almost Mattel basic, like um, still kind of cool that they're, you know, dipping into that in that Origins line because we've seen, you know, the, the Lords of Power they've dipped into, right. the... Uh, the mini comics, the cartoon, so kind of cool that they're, they're they're you know like I said dipping their toe in that 2000x uh, Cartoon Network series as well. No, I definitely agree. I think that's I think that's fun and you know kind of helps the line evolve as well and and grow. Oh, I know what I wanted to say, and we talked about this as well. What are your thoughts of on the the Masterverse line? putting out the new cartoon Netflix figures when we're already getting giant Netflix figures. Yeah, I don't I don't like that. I didn't I, I didn't understand I didn't that. Like are they are they in the same like scale as the cartoon line already? Like why are they doing that? I, I feel like these are two wasted 
figures in the line. Yeah, but, I will for sure 100% skip both of those. Yes, I, I will not be buying them because they're not... I, I don't know. I, I They don't look... Whereas Sunman and He-Man look good, these two... And I've got nothing against the Netflix. I've watched it with the kids. I just feel like they hit the niche that they needed to with the kid market. They didn't need Masterverse figures of them. No, I, I agree. And what's what's funny about that, like... My nephew doesn't really have any interest in Masters of the Universe because he doesn't really know anything about it. But I showed him all those figures. The ones he liked were the Masterverse because that's the most modern-looking versions. And so, right. Although, like, those are a cheaper price point and stuff, so I get that, like, oh, that's for the kids. But like, he's the same with Mattel, right? He doesn't like basics. He likes Elite. They look better. They play better, and they have accessories. I mean, like, it goes without saying. So, it's... I feel like one thing Jazzwares is doing really good with the AEW line is everything's all in one, right? And that they're yeah. introducing that new line that's more exclusive and, and and you know, more articulation, more accessories, but they're still compatible with the current line. And I think that that's smart, whereas, you know, Mattel, you have Basics, you have Elites, and now you have Ultimates. While all compatible, very, very different as far as what you're actually getting. Yeah, it's interesting to say the least. And um, I feel like kind of exactly what you just said, like they, they'd already covered the toy. They made perfect kids toys for them, for that audience. The, the masterverse line is for that more adult, more advanced collector. I, I feel like they're wasting a couple spots and, you know, perfect examples where you're, you know, your your nephew's like, eh, pass, but I want this one. Yeah. So I, I think they missed the mark. And we don't say that very often on the show, but I feel like this is a, a big miss for uh, the Masterverse line. Well, it's almost, and maybe I'm, I may be in the minority here, but when they put that one LJN in the unmatched line for AEW, that was a miss to me. I'm like, one? Like, you? Yes. I, I don't know. Do you not agree with that? It's just, it's it's a weird thing. And so, Darby was supposed to be in Series 3, and then they had a scaling issue, so they pushed it back to Series 5. So, if Darby's in Series 5, and then they put another one in Series 7, that's going to take all those waves just to get three LJN figures? It's not, no thanks. I don't want that, you know? Right. So that's my opinion. That's kind of how this feels. It feels like it's com- it's in the same packaging, but it's completely not canon to everything else. And so that's weird to me. But I also feel the same way about Marvel Legends, how you may have a line of MCU figures, then one random comic went thrown in there. Right. But like, you need to get it to I mean, complete the Build-A-Figure. And it's like, well, that that's, I don't know, it's just weird sometimes. Yeah, I, I like uh, Sleepwalker, but why is he in the Doctor Strange movie line? Exactly. Um, it's just it's just a weird thing that they do sometimes, I think, as a way to sell figures. I know in some of the more popular Marvel Legends line, you'll have a le- less popular character. And I think it's done like, well, we'll sell that because people want to complete this Build-A-Figure, which I, I do understand. It's all about supply and demand and making people buy stuff that <laughs> they may not necessarily want at times. But, 
But overall, I think the Masterverse line is great, or all the Motu lines are fun. I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, and kind of spinning off of that a little bit, uh, Mattel has the new WWE Superstars line, which should be hitting store shelves relatively soon. Series 1, uh, obviously, will have Hollywood Hogan, Ric Flair, Bray Wyatt, and the Honky Tonk Man. We now know Series 2 features Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash, uh, Scott Hall, rest in peace, and the Ultimate Warrior. And and we saw that uh, Bill showed off uh, a Series 3 figure, which will be Papa Shango, which is awesome. I must say, man, when they showed Series 1, I was like, nah. When they showed like, most of the guys from Series 2, I was like, eh, I'm, I'm good. And then they showed that warrior, and I was like, ooh, that's cool. Now they're showing Papa Shango, and I'm like, ooh, that is really cool. It pulls you in, does it not? Yes, and I am trying not to get pulled in. Big time. Like, uh, I don't want... At first, I was like, I'm out. Like, I'm not going to do it. And then, like like you said, Series 1, I'm like, nope, not going to do it. Don't want any of them bad enough to, to do it. And then Series 2 had Hall and Nash. I'm like, oh, well, maybe I get Hall, Nash, and Hogan. That'd be kind of cool to have some NWO. Right. Maybe. Maybe. And then now I feel like a little guilt. Well, not guilt, but then I saw that they put the tag belts with the Outsiders. And I'm a belt mark. I'm and like, Sean's got the Intercontinental. Cool. Right. And Sean's got the Intercontinental. And then this whole recent thing with Scott where he has passed. And it's like, well, now I kind of want it because he passed. Mm-hmm. And then I saw this Papa Sean go and went, Man, I have needed this Papa Shango figure in my life forever. But I don't, I want it, but I don't want to buy it, if that makes sense to anybody and any of the listeners. Like, oh, I get it. Uh, once I get it, it's going to sit on the shelf and. You know, maybe I keep one in package to get signed because Papa Shango and the Godfather tends to do Whorehound and tends to do, you know, a lot of the convention circuit. So this wouldn't be a hard figure to get signed. And that would be kind of cool to get a signed figure. Um, But I don't know. These are going to be game time decisions for me. And like we've talked about, I've got money in my pocket, burning a hole in my, you know, burning a hole in my pocket, and I go in with the intention of buying something, and they don't have anything, and lo and behold, there it is. And I know that's how this is going to work out. Well, yeah, that most likely, and that's the thing with these is like it's, it kind of reminds me of the uh, the McFarlane Batman sixty six line, where it's like Batman, Robin, and the Joker, and it's like, eh, I don't know if I need those. Well, here's the Riddler. It's like, oh, man, that's cool. Here's the Penguin. Here's Catwoman. You're like, oh, man. Mm-hmm. But it, it becomes that thing. It's like I can't just buy the Riddler or the Penguin or Catwoman. You kind of have to go all in, right? I At least that's how I collect. And right. It, it would be hard for me to just buy, hey, I'll just buy the Joker and I'll be happy. It's I don't know. It's hard to do sometimes. So with these, it's like. 
I'm already thinking like, well, if I got Flair, Hogan, and Honky, and all of Series Two, Papa Shango, but you know, then it's like, well, geez, where does it stop? You know, because they make right. There's so where many, you and stop. yeah, and I mean, if they made Diesel, or I'm sorry, they make Kevin Nash, pretty good chance they'll make Razor and Diesel, right? I mean, why not? At least down the road, and then I'm sure we'll see. You know more guys in that line, so it, it just—I don't know—it just becomes a slippery slope, and that's that's a problem with collecting at times. It's just that there's a lot to go with it. Yes, and it's the Papa Shango is an amazing figure. Yeah, like hands down, great. So they they've got the cape, the tattoos, the hat, the chicken bones, like spot on and if they keep doing things like this it's going to draw me in no yeah i agree i agree and that's the uh that's the thing about it man it's uh it's fun stuff so it's hard to you always have to kind of decide which you want to which way you want to go with it and stuff but yeah we'll keep we'll keep you posted when we hear more information about this line uh anything else you want to talk about before we uh, dive into what we're finding on the pegs I did want to cover something real quick. Sure. Um, you know, I just caught out Listener 46, and I did some research and found out that Listener 46 is Steve Hoker. So, um, Steve, it's all your fault now, buddy. Um, and now, on to what we're finding on shelves. Steve, he, he already knows his fault. Like, Steve, it, Steve knows what's up. He does. So be be listener forty seven next time, Steve. Do yes, better. Do better, Steve. Really, when you're like <laughs> listener two or three, because you listen it in the morning, but you're falling behind. Get get better, Steve. <laughs> I'm sure you'll expect a uh, Facebook message at about three a.m. So enjoy yes. that. All right, to talk about what we were finding on the pegs, I have a lot to dive into here. The first thing I want to touch on is actually something I got in the mail, and it's something I had my eye on for a while, but I hadn't pulled the trigger i wasn't sure and um but i went ahead and ordered it and it's the uh like the masters of the universe like complete toy guidebook and if anyone's not seen this thing i'm gonna i posted pictures it's the size of a textbook you would get in school it is huge it, it is a tome of toy knowledge. Yeah, it has basically all the figures from the original all the way through the classics. Nothing in the relaunch, as far as I can tell, but they they made a Kindle version and then a hardcover. Um, got it from Amazon. I believe Pixel Dan actually put this whole thing together. Um, unbelievable just book. And you know, I may have mentioned this before. I bought a G.I. Joe book off Amazon a couple of weeks ago, and it was... You know, kind of like the complete collection of G.I. Joe, but not nearly as good as this is. Like, this is like a, like a legit, legit book. Very, very well done. And I don't know, like, I've never really thought I'd be diving into, like, you know, coffee table books about toys. But it's really, really good, man. Yeah, they've done – Dark Horse uh, published these. Dark Horse did a great job. Um, I Like you said, Pixel Dan uh, – was one of the big factors um, in that. And I think the other one was Jeremy Netlick. I think it, cause uh, he, he was a big 
proponent of the classics. There's a Netlick. I can't remember if it's Jeremy because I mix Jeremy Padauer and Jeremy Netlick. Uh, but um, I have the digital version of this book, um, and it is – it's just something fun to look at. Like you said, you don't read it and, you know, pick it up and go, well, I'm on bookmark it and back on page 33. You just like, you, it, it's like you pick it up, you look through it, you're like, boy, that's a cool looking figure. And then you read the entry for it. And then you're like, okay, cool. And then, well, maybe I'll read another one or two or, you know, that mentioned this person. Let me read about that. And you, it kind of like a YouTube hole. You just kind of, fall deeper and deeper into the figure and, and that, that toy itself. Yeah. It's a, it's a very cool companion piece to the line. So it was, it was definitely a fun thing to add. I know uh Hasbook has made one on WWF Hasbro's and one on LJN's. I've actually got both of those on order. Like I said, I have the GI Joe book. It's not quite as in depth as I was hoping for, but I would like to see more of these over classic toy lines. I'd like to see one on the turtles. Um, I think they've done some star Wars books. I granted I'm not a huge fan of that, so I've I, I've really done much research there. But I think like a book on classic superstars would be phenomenal, because um, that's a great toy line. I mean, there's so many they could do that would be really really fun. I'm almost surprised they haven't. Somebody has it other classics figures like from Jacks because you've got a definitive beginning and end, right? Uh, so somebody out there make a Kickstarter. Let's do this. Yeah, that would be really, really fun, especially because they had all the, uh, you know, limited exclusives and stuff. There's a lot to dive into. Yeah, it's uh, I, I buy it, especially with all the, the, uh, like exclusives and uh, employee exclusives mm-hmm. and toy fair exclusives. That'd be great. Oh, it would be it would be really really fun. I would like to see that. I'd also, I mean, obviously they can't do it mar- with uh, Hasbro, but I'd like to see a Marvel, like, Legends Toy Biz book. That would be fun. And it didn't that go would be real, cool. real long, but it had quite a few figures. That would be, yeah, that would be, that'd be cool, too, because you can just kind of see the progression mm-hmm. of Marvel Legends. Yeah, I think that'd be, that'd be really cool. All the box sets and stuff they did, I think it'd be great. Um, talk going back into what we're uh, what we're finding on the pegs. I you know I've been out and about, haven't really found anything new for a while. But then I hit up a uh, Target, and this is kind of a fun story. I'm uh, I get a a text message from my buddy Coach Doggins, who uh, is a local guy. He said, "Hey, Dark Order Wave is hitting," and I'm like, "Oh man!" Of course, he's talking about AEW Unmatched Series Three, which is the Dark Order wave of that line. And he sends me a picture of Stu Grayson, Evil Uno, and Anna Jay at a Target that's close by my house. I'm like, oh, nice. I was like, are you buying all those? He goes, no, nah, I'm just going to buy Evil Uno. I'm going to leave the other two. And I'm like, oh, cool. So uh, this was on Friday, so it's a few days ago as of this recording. I go – I had a birthday party for my dad's friend, like a surprise party. So I went to that, and I thought, well, Target's not too far from here. I'll swing by Target on the way home. And so I did. And uh, my my goal was I wanted I wanted in that line I want to get Brody Lee, Stu Grayson, Evil Uno, and John Silver, the four male wrestlers. And I thought, well, it'll be a good time I can get Stu Grayson and you know kind of move on. I show up there, 
And I'll be dang, there's Stu Grayson. I'm like, awesome. Grab him. Right behind him was Brody Lee. And not the chase, obviously, but I was just like, whoa. And so, of course, I, I messaged Coach Doggins. And I'm like, hey, I got this Stu Grayson. And I found this. And he's like, what? I was just there. <laughs> I thought that was so weird. But we've kind of talked about this a little bit, I think, where almost like Target doesn't stock everything. They wait for a couple to sell, and they put more out there. Because this, this happened with the Sting figure that I bought. Because I bought Sting, and then I came back and like a couple days later, and he was back on the peg. So, so I bought it again for my nephew for his birthday. And I was just like, well, that's weird that they, that, you know, this never, like they didn't put both of them out. You know, so anyway, a very weird thing. I, I don't really understand it, I guess, but in that time when he was there to when I was there, which was maybe three hours, a Brody Lee showed up somehow. It makes you wonder if this is their way of taking down those. Well, each family is allowed one collectible per family, uh, or if this is their way of trying to stop scalpers or it's a really not enough peg space for, you know, they've got two pegs to fit seven figures. Yeah. Like it, maybe a little column a little column B, but uh, I'm glad you got your Brody figure. Well, and I kind of wondered that, too, because there was also a Santana and Ortiz from Unmatched Series 2 on the pegs. So maybe it was a thing of, like, well, those have to stay out because they're older. And so – and you, you kind of wonder, like, with Target employees, and I'm not trying to call them out, but do they care? Or are they just putting out who no. they put out? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know how that process works, but I thought that was interesting because I'm like, wow, yeah, Brody would obviously be this the hot seller of that wave. So – much like Sting is for Wave 2. Oddly enough, I still haven't found Wardlow um, from Series 2. So I thought he would be the much easier one to find than Sting, and I found Sting twice. So what are you going to do? Wardlow is popping off big. Like, not just on the uh, action figure side, but on the yeah, true. cards with the, AE, uh, the AEW upper deck cards. Like, Wardlow is... Uh, just blown up all of a sudden. So well, he's becoming you know a very popular character on the TV show too, and I think that, that it was good timing. I mean, he obviously has another figure coming out as we touched on. He's going to be on Unrivaled Series Ten in the white singlet. So obviously AEW has high confidence to already release a second figure of him. So I'm sure we'll see uh, we'll see even more down the road. I hope so. I I can't wait. Um, I also got in a uh, a package from the Chop Shop. Which was, um, it was actually a big package. I got the uh, monthly figure, which was the Blue Blazer, which was awesome. Um, kind of got some some different parts in that one, but a great, great figure. I also got the exclu- uh, one, a couple of uh, newsletter exclusives, which were the Red Rooster, which is a reissue that he did a while back, but that I never picked up. I also got the Steiner Brothers with their Michigan jackets, which was really fun. So I got those four, but then I also got three uh, commission customs. I've got a Kenta Kobashi with a Wars of Edge head uh, in his orange gear, reminiscent of his uh, All Japan run, which was really fun. Kind of a deep cut, but something I was excited to get. I also Early got, Kenta. Early yeah, Kenta. Yes, and then I also got uh, the Missing Link, which that was a fun one for me because I'm not like the biggest Missing Link fan, but I just think he's got the coolest look ever. And 
a guy that belonged in that late eighties era. Like he would have been a perfect Hasbro or LJN, I think. And he just fits that line. And so to get him as a Hasbro was a, was a really fun one. And, and finally, this is another deep cut, but I was just, I was sending some heads and I thought, Hmm, I wonder. And so I messaged Jason Wolf. I was like, Hey, I've got a, I've got a ruthless aggression Maven figure. And I've got two of them actually like, any chance I could pop that head off and send that? And he's like, yeah, that's fine. And so I, I did that. And it's actually the R3 tech head. It's the same head that, that was on his R3 tech figure. And and sent that. And so I, I now own a Maven Hasbro. And I may be the only person in the history of the world that can say that. <laughs> Q Maven's awesome entrance theme right now. Oh, dude. Was that not the best theme? I think it that's why really I liked was. him so much. It was hard not to like boo him with that that theme song. And if I recall, the it's not Alter Bridge because Alter Bridge did Edge. Yeah, Mercy Drive. They were the same. That's the same band that did Randy Orton's uh, "Into Your Light" theme song. That, that could was be really could be popular for a while. So yeah, it, it was uh, kind of like a like a tough enough song, and, and yeah. I think Maven what made him popular at that era is like, he was like one of us, right? He was this guy that just wanted to get into wrestling and he did, and he went tough enough. And so it's like, it's literally like seeing this guy grow up in front of your eyes. And all of a sudden he's in the Royal rumble and he's on WrestleMania and he has no business out there, but it's like, wow, that's so cool. But he did it though is a thing. And he was a substitute teacher, I think. Yeah. Or he is a substitute teacher. One of the two, like, and he, he, Stayed in shape, and he did fairly well for until he started teaming with Simon Dean. Yeah, poor poor guy. Yeah, it, I mean it didn't last long, but it was just such a like a wow Maven, you know, the tough enough guy. And so I thought getting a a, a Hasbro figure of him would be fun. So that was my uh, chop shop delivery day. So some cool stuff, man. Um, what about you? What did, what did you what have you been seeing out there on the pigs? Uh, not a lot of new stuff. Um, I did manage last Wednesday. My target uh, put out the Holothon two days early, oh, which nice. is a, a thing that they're doing for the month of March. Um, I saw the I saw five turtles, two or four packs. The the animated series um, saw the RuPaul Chia Pet, the Alf stuffed animal. Uh, no Demona, no Elvira, no Fugitoid, um, but saw some of those remnants, which is uh, really about it for for figures. You know, everything else has been um, a lot of the same uh, figure-wise. Uh, I'm completely missing out on the Joe Classified uh uh, troopers, like, because I I keep running into gung ho, mm-hmm. so that means that I'm com- I'm missing out on on those. Um, I haven't seen any new um, any new Joes in a while either. And then the last thing that I'm really excited for is it took almost a year, but I finally got my Super Seven Ultimate. Uh, Ninja Turtle figures in the nice. re-release of the four main turtles, 
So I've got Raph, Leo, Donnie, and Michelangelo. Um, I think I ordered them right around my birthday last year. Mm-hmm. So we're right at a year or year and some change. Um, and these are, regardless of the nitpicks on the wrestling ultimate figures of the head sculpts and the skin tones, man, these turtles are, it literally is the ultimate edition. You've got a head scan. Uh, it's very similar to the master verse. You've got a head scan of the classic, but then you've got a modernized version of it. Um, and then you've got, you can do an all red to where it looks like the Mirage Turtles. You've got updated weapons. You've got the classic weapons in the old weapons cage. Like, these are great. And if they weren't so expensive and made to order, I could see myself falling down this hole just because it's, you know, just what we talked about with the classics and the the revelations where they're taking an old figure, updating it, but still keeping it close enough to that original source where you're like, oh, this is just, this is right in that sweet spot of mm-hmm. modernized vintage figure. No, I, I agree. and I, And I think what's interesting about about these is um, they look so similar to what Playmates did, kind of like what you were saying. For me, though, it was it was hard to justify the fact that I was already deep into NECA to be like, oh yeah, oh well, let's do both because I'm like, I can't. Do I need to do both? No, and that's the that was kind of the dilemma I fell into. But they do. I mean, they are amazing. Like they are legitimately amazing and. I'm glad you got the four turtles. I think you said you have Casey Jones, maybe, and yep. And, and again, you're, you're less of a completist than I am, so I think you're probably happy with what you have. But no, I mean, I know when I ordered the New Japan figures, I thought they looked great. I love the the entrance attire for like Okada and stuff. They look amazing, but like I said, I just could not. I really couldn't justify wanting to continue buying figures that are that expensive. I guess and. Yeah. To me, it has to be really like I really, really want this, and um, I don't know. I, I think with any figure collection, it's it's weird how your your mind works. Like if I saw a WWF Hasbro used for twenty bucks, I'd be like, mm, I don't know, and only because I know that that cost five back in the day. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's it's, but I wouldn't blink at a Masterverse for twenty. So I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense or not. It just Sign of the times, I guess. Yeah, I I think, like you said, I've, I do have a Casey. Um, I also have a Mondo Gecko. Shout out, really, shout out to Steve Hoker. As much as I give him crap, you know, shout out to, to Hoker for the Mondo Gecko. Um, I think the only one I really want to get now is I would, I want a Shredder. I don't need a Shredder, but I feel like I want a Shredder. Well, if you get Shredder, you have to get Bebop and Rocksteady and Krang, right? Not necessarily. <laughs> uh, well, see, here's the thing about Turtles, no. too. And, I, and I've talked to some people about this. Like, if you get the four Turtles, Splinter, Casey, April, Shredder, Bebop, Rocksteady, and Krang, 
do you really need anyone else? Like, that's kind of like the core, right? And when you have that, it's like everyone else, like, like you don't, do you necessarily need Ray Filet or some of the, no, I don't, but I don't, you need I don't, Casey Jones. How dare you? What's that? You need Casey Jones. How dare you? I included him. Did you? Yeah. I don't think so. I'm, I, this is like Stephen the Plato incident. I don't know what's going on. I don't either. Yeah, I, I apparently what happened there. Apparently, he says we didn't say he voted for Plato, and that is either we just misspoke, or it's a Mandela effect. Because I knew he voted. It's for a Mandela. It's a Mandela effect. We're never wrong on here, and Steve's always wrong. Yeah, see, that's what you get for working nights all the time. You don't remember anything, Steve. <laughs> right, Steve. <laughs> Yeah, even though I do that too, and I can't remember anything. So there you go. We're not wrong. But we're always right. I'm just kidding. We have the microphones. Right. <laughs> um, um, let's see. Uh, so you got the Ninja Turtles in. Anything else that you uh, that you found or gotten in? No, that's really it. Nothing. Uh, nothing new. Uh, like I said, a lot of the same old, same old. But I was excited to get the uh, the Ultimate Turtles in. Definitely. Well, I guess if you're ready, let's uh, let's dive into uh, to our main event. Let's do it. Well, the ultimate evil, the dark side, attacks. His horde of villains spread chaos and destruction. But now they face first mightiest heroes. The superpowered collection explodes into battle. Egad, parademons with Hawkman in a holding pattern. Who will save him? Firestorm, Dr. Fate, and Green Lantern, part of Kenner's superpowers collection. Vehicle and figures with power action, each sold separately. Dark side, Dark, brainwash them. Mantis, use your power action. Who will save them now? Superman! How will Superman save his fallen friends? You decide. All right, Travis, we are back here. It is main event time on episode 49. We are diving into DC Superpowers Series 2. This is an early episode for us. I think it was episode 9 or 10, I want to say. Um, you were obviously very familiar with DC Superpowers, as it was one of the lines you grew up on. We're just now diving into Series 2. So let's start with memories. What do you remember about this line? Um, I remember these were harder to find because Series 1 just flooded everything. Even Kenner being in Cincinnati. Yeah. That Series 1 was just everywhere like in an overabundance of it because it was batman it was superman it was wonder woman robin joker like they were everywhere and i remember you know i've got some series two because uh, uh firestorm i love firestorm uh as a kid uh and even as an adult loved firestorm um i remember dark side being a mail away before he was a carded figure mm. and uh, that's about it um, and the other thing about these figures is um, they did follow the Super Friends cartoon because Dark Side was the main uh, villain protagonist we'll use big boy words in the cartoon but a lot of these figures, for the ones that, that don't really follow the comics, all of these are, well, not all, majority of these are the new gods from Jack Kirby. And, mm. uh, you know, if you, if you look at it, you've got Darkseid, and 
uh, Darkseid was just in the Justice League movie. And Kalabak, when everyone's like, who is Kalabak? This is what Kalabak really looked like in the comic books. Mm-hmm. Nothing like what he looked like in the Justice League. And the um, Parademons, this is what a Parademon looked like. So they went with, uh, you know, Jack Kirby's, I think, Sports World, I think is what it was. But a lot of his creations um, to try to get him paid uh, at a later part of his his life. So, or no, Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf was also in Justice League. Right. And like, a lot so, of people didn't know who that was. Right. Not Calabac, sorry. Um, but yeah, it's uh, really cool. Really, the only one they're missing in their new gods is uh, uh, Big Barda. But this is mid-80s, and female figures were not were not popular, so. Yeah, and, and you know, what's funny is we were kind of touching on these. You said these were a little harder to find and didn't hit as many places. But I, I was looking back through Series 1. Man, they really, really made Series 1 like a massive, massive, like, who's who roster of characters. And yes. You know, I was thinking about that. I was like, you know, WWF Hasbro kind of did that, too, because they had basically everybody in series one, but the difference with WWF and like wrestling figures in general, because I kind of made the mention before we started recording like AEW, I remember thinking like, well, they can't put the entire elite in wave one because who's in wave two, but wave two was awesome. MJF, John Moxley, Dustin, the Lucha brothers, you know? So it's like, that was a good wave. And then wave three had Darby and orange Cassidy. And obviously since then more people have been signed and more people have come along. So They've had no problem filling those lines, but it's weird because in something like this, the first wave was so good. Like, who do you put in wave two? Like, who competes with that? Right. And I think that's kind of a case in point here, but there are some fun fun characters, some of the lesser known ones, but we'll start with one you already mentioned. You said it was a mail-away figure, but he got his own single release here in, in series two, and that is Darkseid, who, um, I mean, it's like, you know, he's like the Thanos of DC, right? Yes. Really cool figure. Oversized figure. Big giant cape. Yeah. Um, on the back of his head, uh, you can't see. Uh, well, you can kind of see there was like a little solar panel to where when you held him into the light, his eyes glowed red. Oh, that um, is awesome. So really, really cool. Loved having him. And he had the same... Uh, Gosh, I don't know if he was the punch power like Superman and Batman or like the double axe handle when you squeeze them, both arms went up simultaneously and down. But either way, um, as a kid, my Superman and Batman and Robin punched the heck out of Darkseid, and then he beat them up as well. So uh, perfect villain, perfect toy villain, and like I said, really... Uh, thinking out of the box with that, like um, putting clear jewel eyes to where he could shoot laser beams out of it uh, when when the light hit it. Yeah, that's super creative. Uh, Kenner was ahead of their time with these for sure. Next up we have a character I'm actually not familiar with, Desaad. What do you know about this guy? Um, he's kind of like the Baxter Stockman to Shredder. Okay. The 
kind of like the brains behind everything and no real superpowers, but kind of just the evil nerdy guy in, in the background that like, oh, well, we're going to like Rita and Zed's henchman is the best like Goldar, the guy maybe. that made the. Yeah, like, well, we're not even Goldar. Who was the guy that made the putty? Like, the putty villain. Finster. Finster, yeah. Perfect. He's the Finster of all of this. Like, well, let's get these guys together and go take them out. Then Dark Souls, okay, great idea. And it always ended up blowing up in his face. Very nice. Uh, next up, we have Doctor Fate. Obviously, a character that's more popular now. I think than probably was then, at least for me. Um, and it, but again, he's also a deep cut, right? Like maybe not necessarily a super popular character, especially in the eighties. I had no idea who he was. Right. Um, honestly, had no idea who he was until the Amalgam comics came out and they did Doctor Strange Fate, which was a uh, combo of Doctor Strange and Doctor Fate. Right. So, uh, cool-looking figure, though. Absolutely. Blue and yellow. Um, you know, kind of a mismatch of, of Batman and Superman. Once again, kind of that squeezes legs, super-punching power. So, um, cool-looking figure. Uh, didn't have him. Have never had him, but like I said, that's just because didn't know who he was. Next up, we've got a character you already mentioned here. This is a fun one too, and kind of not he to me. He's like the gambit of this line, and maybe maybe you agree. Uh, Firestorm. Yes. He's kind of like that character. It's like, oh yeah, Firestorm. He's cool, but a lot of people may not have been as aware of him during this era. He was. Very new, maybe three, four years old at this point. So he was the up-and-coming superhero. Um, This was DC's, as crazy as it sounds, this was DC's version, modern-day version of Mm -hmm. Spider-Man. Because uh, Ronnie was the teenage... uh, he, He was the teenage high school... Like, athlete, but then when he turned into Firestar, Firestorm, Firestar was Spider-Man, listen to me, he, uh, he, uh, would, uh, Professor, uh, Professor Stein, who came up, who gave him the nuclear powers and the nuclear physicist, and when they were molded, like, I'm going deep, but it was like, Professor Stein was the, the... conscience to uh, Robbie Raymond's high school antics. So it was like old man yelling at the teenager to get off his lawn, but then the teenager's like, well, I'm smarter than you. Made for a really good comic, but um, all original pieces with this, uh, the the etching and the details uh, on the, the chest and the shoulders, uh, he had the, like, fluffed or pillowed uh, arms. Really, really cool figure. Um, he he was one of the punch ones. Um, so, uh, like I said, just stood out and looked great on the shelf. And I agree, 
he was the gambit, or I think the next figure is tied for my favorite figure in this line. So next up we have uh, Green Arrow. I feel like he's kind of gotten more popularity lately with the uh, TV show and stuff like that, but he kind of falls into that category of maybe not frontline Justice League, but like a character that's kind of always in the conversation that we all know. Of course, yes. you know, the Emerald Archer, he's kind of like a Robin Hood, more or less, kind of a DC's answer to Hawkeye. Um, but a fun character, and you know, I'm glad he got the action figure treatment in this in this line. Yeah, and he looked, he had a bow and arrow. Yeah, like, how cool was and the arrow, like when you squeezed his arm, one arm went back to go quote unquote grab the arrow out of the quill, and then shoot it uh, while he held it up. So, um, I know Firestar Storm is personally my favorite. But Green Arrow is a very, very close number two. No, I, I agree with that completely. Uh, you mentioned this guy earlier, um, Calabac. I know nothing about this one. He's Darkseid's Hulk. Calabac Smash, essentially. Has a, the Beta Club, um, and he just is a powerful, dumb oaf. And front line, go out. He's the beast man. He's the Hulk. Go out. He's the muscle. Exactly. He's the tank. Go out and smash. There you go. Uh, Following that, we have another character that's a little bit under the radar, Mantis. I know nothing about Mantis. Uh, And cool looking figure, though. Um, I don't, like I said, I, I apologize. You can... School me on Mantis, but uh, I will say he is a uh, being a Marvel person. He's a he's a, a blind spot for me. But uh, once again, I can see why they made him a toy because he was neon green and yellow and really really cool looking. Well, and real quick before we dive any further, I feel like back in the day lines were closer to eight to 10 to 12 figures. Whereas now we're seeing like six was the norm. Now you're kind of seeing more like four is the norm. So that could be a case of where they were just trying to make 12 different figures. And so like this line might've been a lot better if it was six is my point, because some of these characters are such deep cuts. Yes. But even if you think about it, 11, while that is a lot now, uh, was no comparison to a, 24 to 36 G.I. Joe release line. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it was a different time for sure. Or 50 some odd Star Wars figures. Like it's Transformers had a bunch like that too, I think. Yeah, this was a small line comparative. Uh, Next up, we have another character that I think is more well known now than probably was at the time. Martian Manhunter. Really cool guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's got the the muscle, the punch. Uh, I I thought he was was cool. Uh, he looks very similar and, to how he looked in the Justice League cartoon to me as well. Yeah, and that's, that's one of the cool things about Martian Manhunter is that he hasn't changed his look. Uh, he's just a green Martian with uh, blue cape and blue pirate boots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely a, a fun character. 
following that parademon um i remember the demon etrigan i don't remember this guy is this a different character uh yes the parademon uh was the foot clan or the foot soldiers i got you like the he they um you remember in justice league in the the desert all those things that came and were like out of the sky and that everybody was beating up oh yeah those were the parademons Gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. So this is a comic version. You know, these are the little, the the foot soldiers, the putties. They were the first, the front line of let's go and uh oh, dark side's coming. Here are the parademons. There you go. I gotcha. Makes sense. It's like uh, the Joker's goons, right? Exactly. Uh, oddly enough, uh, and this I don't know if this is on purpose. A lot more cosmic characters in this line, whereas. You know, before we had, like, you know, the Batman, Superman, Lex Luthor, kind of the more grounded characters. I don't know if that's uh, on purpose or not. Yeah, that, that that's part of that, like I said, that that uh, Jack Kirby fourth world slash new gods. It was more like space and cosmic cube and, mm-hmm. or not, yeah, the cosmic boom tubes and, and all of that. Because uh, while Jack Kirby was a genius, he also was just known to have some crazy out-there ideas, and DC wanted to keep him on staff, so he got carte blanche. Hey, you're Jack Kirby. Do what you want to do. So he would come up with some crazy stuff. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, why not, right? Um, next up, another. this is a little bit more well-known character. I'm not sure how it was in the 80s. Red Tornado. He wasn't very popular at the time, another deep cut, but uh, the Justice League cartoon and the Justice League Unlimited did an amazing job of bringing out a lot of DC characters. Mm -hmm. And I forget that that was a thing, but um, basically just a repainted Martian Manhunter, Mm -hmm. essentially. Smart use of the parts. And then finally, rounding out Series 2, a character that when he was introduced in the Justice League movie, I had no idea who he was, and that is Steppenwolf. Uh, really cool guy. I just remember having one of the Super Friends or Super Powers uh, read uh, the the tone books, like the record and book where, like, now turn the page, beep, or mm-hmm. cassette. And I just remember him having this big axe and thinking, I bet he could slice through a wall with that axe. Like, he he was kind of front front line with Calabac. Mm-hmm. They were, if they were, they're, they're, they would almost be a tag team, essentially. Like, gotcha. but uh, Steppenwolf was a little bit smarter than Calabac. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I mean, overall, this is a pretty fun wave, right? I mean, there's some there's some deep cuts in there, but overall, I think all the figures look great. Oh, yeah. Once again, not very many reused parts. Some of them are, um, but lots of bright colors, lots of accessories, capes, cloth capes, and a giant main supervillain. So, um not a complete fall from grace, but you like, like we talked about, some of these were were a deep cut, 
and you know that we're going to if we get to a series three, it's going to be a a deep deep cut on on some of these. Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, which is weird because DC has such a like a a vast catalog of characters. It's it's interesting, but you know that's kind of the way it goes sometimes. The toy lines. Um, Moving on, episode 50 will be our last of the poll voted toy lines that we're going to discuss. So um, we had an interesting poll here. We had uh, Terminator 2, Nickelodeon Gak, Gigapets, and Earthworm Jim as our uh, as our choices. Uh, Gigapets, I was, I was kind of surprised by this. Not very popular. Only 3% of the people voted for Gigapets. Uh, I think... They were a niche of a niche. Yeah, it's true. I I feel like I guess I felt like those were more popular maybe than they were, and that could be just a a thing. They were only around for like a short period of time, but there was a period of my life where I remember everybody had that. So, um, but that might might be something we revisit down the road. Um, Earthworm Jim, not a toy line I'm super familiar with, but I thought it'd be a fun one. Uh, it came in third place with eighteen percent, so nothing too spectacular. Um, Second place, and it was a pretty close second place, 35% of the votes. Nickelodeon Gak, which I think that will be a really fun deep dive at some point. But but the winner, with 44% of the votes, is the Terminator 2 toy line, man. These were huge and probably 90, 91. Um, I feel like everybody had the Terminator that you could change the arm on. Uh, I, I remember very specifically having a John Connor on a motorcycle, and I also had the T-1000 with the... That would uh, bust apart like the Mercury. Uh huh. I mean, it was it was huge, was it not? It was, and this goes back to one of our early episodes as well of a rated R movie getting a kids' toy line. Exactly. Yeah, because it's that thing where you assume, oh, I can watch the movie because they're making toys and not collectibles like they do now. Toys. Toys. There, yes. It's a very interesting thing that that happened, but it certainly did. It did, but I mean, if you think about it, who didn't want cyborgs or, right. you know, well, I mean, you can't say who didn't want guns. You're not allowed to say that in today's times, but it's like, you know, you've got a kid and a robot with guns and a mercury, like it screams toy line, but then you ask your parents, well, I've got the action figures and the, the baseball cars that I bought in the checkout aisle at Meyer. Can I watch the movie? Uh, absolutely not. So mm-hmm. it, it's crazy. Well, and what's funny is I remember when Deadpool came out in 2016, there was a whole bunch of, Hey, just so everybody knows this is an R rated movie. It's an R rated movie. Don't take your kids. It's an R rated movie. And then sure enough, I'd see on Facebook. Well, I can't believe that was R rated. I took my kid to go see it. <laughs> you know, It's like, that's all I heard during the promotion is like, it's not kid friendly. It's not appropriate for kids. Don't take your kids. And then, people do i i mean of course somebody did right but i mean at the same time they didn't release a deadpool toy line like he had marvel legends but it wasn't like deadpool the movie toys like they were doing right in this era right it was you know comic deadpool and and things like that right so uh definitely interesting um i'm, I'm excited to dive into that that'll be our last one and actually we're going to change things up from episode 51 um Moving forward, Travis, you're going to be picking the toy lines and letting me decide which ones we talk about. We are. And listeners, notice he didn't say 51 to 100. He said going forward. 
So for, I don't for think now uh, my, we may change. We may change our minds. I don't think he thinks we're making it to a hundred. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. To be continued. <laughs> For sure. But I'm looking forward to it. I think Terminator 2 will be a fun one to dive into. We'll be diving into that next week. Um, of course, we have uh, our shout-outs that we always have to dive into here. Because there's a lot of other podcasts out there that we feel like you should also be um, supporting. And I'll start with uh, our buddies over at Doing the Favor. We love those guys, Eric and Barry. They put on a couple of great podcasts. Usually they do a watch-along and a sports show, so check them out. Also check out uh, our buddy Jason Wolf. He's doing a lot of great stuff. I mentioned the Chop Shop stuff I got this week. Um, he's always putting out some really fun Chop Shop stuff that we're excited to talk about, plus his podcast, Howling with the Wolf. And we actually released a, uh, a Chop and Shop episode um, a couple of weeks ago, so check that out in the archives as well. Um, our buddy Tim over at pulling up a chair with at a chair shot, uh, is a really fun podcast. And I was actually a guest on there recently and he was on my other show. You know, it's fake, right? So check both of those out. Uh, the positively pro wrestling podcast with Steven Eric's another fun retro pro wrestling show night of the nerdy laser podcast with our buddy Richard and his friend, Matt talking horror films. And then finally, uh, catching up with Aaron and Daniel for my buddy, Aaron Anders. And that's what I got for, uh, for shout outs. I've got two special shout-outs before I get into the regular ones. Uh, we have two new listeners. I know we don't do this very often, but I want to give a big shout-out to uh, Bertha Butts and Ethel Schnavitz from Peoria, Illinois, uh, two of our greatest listeners out there. And if you know, you know. If not, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But it's One, almost one person's so. laughing, Travis. I hope you're happy with yourself. Uh, hey, man. And if I can get someone to Google this and laugh with me, it, you're welcome. That's all I have to say. I know Nate's already like – Nate might know, actually. He might know. Nate's pretty sharp on stuff. But if he doesn't know, Nate, Google it. But be warned. Yeah. So shout out to uh, Bertha and Ethel. Also, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, if, I, if I've done my math right, this uh, will be coming out on Thursday, March. 31st uh shout out to dobro uh where tomorrow april 1st is his birthday we do share a birthday so uh shout out to dobro happy birthday we are the uh mega fools i think is what we came up with last year because we're not mega maniacs or mega powers but since we're both the uh, april fools babies uh shout out to dobro and happy birthday to him. Absolutely. You guys are a couple of April Fool's Day babies. I know. It's it's tough, but somebody's got to do it. Dude, that's got to be a weird birthday because all you're going to see online all day is all this cool stuff that's not real. Yes, there's that. And then, uh, you know, I can't speak for Dobro, but um, everybody thinks that you've never had an April Fool's joke pulled on you. So every time, like, this is going to be the first time, when in reality it's like the 930th time that someone's tried to pull an April Fool's joke on you. So you just become jaded because you're like, nope, I know you're not on fire, or nope, I know this, that, and the other. And you almost become like a jerk, but yeah. you don't mean to because everybody has tried to pull that uh, an April Fool's 
prank on you. So that to me is when I get tagged in the 2012 NXT roster poster that gets it floats around all over the place. I get yes. tagged in that, and like when it hits, I get tagged in it like 20 times. And it's like, oh man, thanks. I had no idea. I don't even remember taking that picture, you know, or getting tagged in it 5,000 times. And I understand people see it. They're like, whoa, I know that guy. And I, and I get it, but it's just like, uh, you know, I don't know if that's the same thing you're talking about, if that makes sense. Or oh right. yeah. Well, I, and I'm guilty of that. Cause when I saw it, I messaged you like, holy crap. Have you seen this? Yes. Multiple times. Oh, okay. No, but it, it is. It's like, it, well, and I get it because people oh, no. aren't. If you talk to me like in a personal thing, you don't assume that because a lot of people didn't know me during that time. So it's it's one of those things right. where they see it and they're like, oh, man, here's you in NXT. And I'm like, yeah, I remember. Signed a bunch of those at live events, I, I recall. And then it's like, oh, okay, yeah. Kind of like if I were like, you know, oh, dude, your birthday's on April Fool's Day. That must be so fun. And you're like, eh, yeah, it's whatever. It's I think it's kind of the same thing. People just don't think sometimes. Yeah, I love having an April 1st birthday, always have, but having 41 of them now, um, it there, there isn't an April Fool's joke that has not been played on me at least a handful of times. So, sure. Uh, but going on from there, talking about a couple April Fools, we are going to shout out Jeff and Scott at the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Uh, as well as Scott's side project uh, with Eddie, uh, Drunk Wrestling History. Uh, we have our Thursday Survivor Series team, uh, and I think at this point with Raising Twins, uh, this team of four is striving to survive sometimes, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but shout out to uh, Drew and Caitlin Vinsel. And the boys over there at Tales from the Estate. Absolutely. Uh, shout out to uh, Ryan, uh, Chuck, Grubb, and John over at Star Joe's. Uh, they will cover any and all 80s properties. And then also shout out to Rock. Uh, he has the Open Your Toys podcast where they'll do an audio and a uh, video podcast where they'll do deep dive in the weekly news and also because tomorrow is april fools want to give a one last final special shout out uh rock has a youtube channel and he's gonna kill me but rock has a youtube channel called rock the farting dad and he has just surpassed two hundred thousand views on his youtube channel for rock the farting dad so go check it out Watch Rock on his ring camera, pass gas, and laugh at Rock. That's quite a YouTube channel. I had no idea. 200,000 views. Dude, that's insane. That's amazing. Yeah, that's absolutely insane. It happened this week, and he said it, and I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. But (laughs) he's in shock as well, but 200,000 views, and this will be the only time I bring it up. And it's only because of 200,000 views in April. And that's not an April Fool's. This is a real deal Holyfield. So I love it. Uh, there you go. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, I also have a couple of podcasts as well, a couple others. Uh, Breaker and Bane's Power Hour every Sunday. 
And uh, you know it's fake, right, with a special guest every Monday. And then, of course, if you want to support our show, um, you can do that by checking out whatamaneuver.net by picking up our uh, Masters of the Toycast shirt. Also, it's not up yet as of this recording, but it should be up by the time this episode drops. Our second shirt, um, which uh, will be coming up very, very soon, kind of a KB Toys-inspired design. That was kind of your brainchild. Loved it. Uh, you know, when we first talked about a name, you know, we, we try to hit the nostalgia. You know, we talked about Toys R Us, KB Toys, some of the things we did, and I went, well... B is for Breaker. Why don't we make it TB Toycast? And it just kind of, kind of went from there. And I thought, why not have an homage logo to it? And uh, you know, shout out to Jason to once again taking what is in my brain and you know talking to him, and then coming up with this awesome logo. So uh, check it out. If you want to get a shirt, get a shirt. We would definitely appreciate it. Or Give us a hoodie or yeah, anything else. Well, there's a lot of stuff you can get on there, which is what's really fun about Water Maneuver. And uh, you probably noticed I switched the podcast logo artwork. I actually plan to do that every time we get a new design to kind of keep it fresh and keep people guessing. So, you know, who knows? Um, but, you know, we want to make more shirts and stuff. But uh, you can, you know, these are up at any time. So you, there's not a, you know, a limit to when you can buy it. You can buy both now. You can buy one now, or if you bought one, we—I mean—we appreciate all the sales we get, and um, and stuff like that. And we're actually using that money, as you guys know, we do action figures. We're doing some dabbling with some custom stuff. That money will go directly to that to help fund that. Uh, and speaking of that, you can actually pick up Arachnaman or Gobbledygooker as well. And we we actually haven't talked about it on here yet, but we announced that when you're on, uh, you know, it's fake, right? The Toxic Turtles are also available. Yes, they are. So, so if you want to have our first tag, tag team. Yeah, our first tag team. Uh, they had one match in WWF. Was, wasn't even televised, but it was kind of like, well, I think we need these. So Terry and Tom, the Toxic Turtles, are available along with uh, Arachnaman and the Gobbledygooker. And let me tell you, there's more to come, so stay tuned. Yes, please do. All right. Well, thank you guys for checking out the TV Toycast, and we will see you in the toy aisle. Take it easy.